Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. It's like your energy reserves are completely depleted in your body and your adrenals are literally just done. They're shot. And so I think this can happen when we haven't honored seasons. And I think it comes back to the more is better mentality, Mm -hmm. which I just, I, I really think the answer in life for a lot of things is, is in the middle and it's Mm -hmm. nuanced and that's not really sexy, but I think the answer is you need both, Mm -hmm. right? You need seasons of, of course you have to push and get things done, but if you don't complement that with rest and sleep and slowing down and taking a few days off here and there, it you can't sustain that. And so I do believe a lot of it comes down to one, for sure, sleep is number one, right? And I know that sounds so simple, but it's the foundation of health. If you are not sleeping well, none of the other systems are working. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Angie, welcome back to She. This is so fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> I What has it been, like three years since you were on the show last? Two years? Yeah. It's been a while. I think it was pre-COVID wow. times. <laughs> well, I will still always remember that you called me on my phone. And this is before we were friends in real life. And so I was like, she's calling me on my phone. This is so cool. <laughs> so for anyone who's like, what are you talking about? I record all my podcasts, at least I have up until now, via the phone instead of like Zoom or one of the online platforms, just because that avoids any issues with Wi-Fi cutting in and out or anything like that. So we have a whole like phone setup system and it's actually pretty fun and pretty, I don't know, like you were saying, it feels a little more natural, right? Yeah. I I don't even feel like we're podcasting right now. It's so cool. It's so nice. I actually like that. (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's been my preferred method of recording, but I am really looking forward to this episode because Something that we have gotten to, you know, just talk about a lot as we've gotten to know each other, mostly virtually over the last couple of years, but we've also spoken at some events together. And so we've gotten to hang out in person too. But we've talked a lot about really what it looks like to pursue health and really prioritize your well-being as an ambitious woman who is also pursuing big dreams. And I think I, I think we've really connected because we share passion for both of those things. Like we don't want to have to sacrifice one for the other. And we've really had to learn how to do that. And we talk about it a lot. Just like, when is it time to slow down? When is it time to you know hit the gas pedal? All of that kind of stuff. So it's really what I want to talk about in this episode. But before we dig into like all the nitty gritty, because I have a million questions and it's going to be super juicy. But before we do that, I'd love if you could share just a little bit about you and kind of what led you to where you are now, both professionally and personally when it comes to wellness. Yeah. So I actually started as a wellness blogger in college. I didn't want to go to class because uh, typical multi-passionate 
entrepreneurial rule breaker, hates, hates following the rules and didn't want to finish college. So I, w- I was bored in chemistry class. So I started a blog. I literally mm-hmm. Googled how to start a blog and, you know, kids next to me, I call them kids. We were kids then. They, they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm starting a blog. I'm going to share wellness tips with people. And I was super into hardcore fitness. I'm talking mm-hmm. like a hundred burpees a day, drink your protein shake every two hours, eat your cold chicken breast. So I, I definitely have evolved. Were we the same thinking. person in college? Like what? <laughs> I know that would have been fun to go to college together. So I was so at Mizzou funny. and I was about to drop out, but I, but I started this blog and I was called a wellness coach and I was doing uh, personal training on campus. I was di- a dietetics assistant. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be a dietitian in a hospital. So mm-hmm. I'm like all ready to share all of my hardcore bro fitness tips with the world, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to do a hundred burpees a day to be ripped. Like mm-hmm. that was, that was my methodology back then. Now it has evolved and we'll, we'll talk about that today, but <laughs> I'm definitely <laughs> got to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Now I don't eat cold chicken breast every two hours. Like Ew. Oh, so silly. Isn't but it at crazy? the time I thought that was like, was what, what you, yeah. Like I feel like when I look back when I was 20 and that was only eight years ago, like I make that sound like it was two decades ago, yeah. but my idea of what healthy was is so opposite of what health actually is. And I think that's so common, especially in the fitness like world and in the like, you know, level up and, you know, like you said, this really hardcore like fitness mentality where it's like, yeah, you may have a six pack, but your adrenals are probably tapped. Your hormones are upside down. Like everything's not actually going well, but anyway, not to interject there, but I just, what what you were saying about that, I'm like, oh, that sounds familiar. (laughs) Circa like 2012 me. Exactly. This is 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I'm 32 now. And it's, it's crazy to think that 20 year old me didn't know what I was doing to my body, but I was in the, I was in the mentality of more is better mm-hmm. instead of more mm-hmm. is just more sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing, I mean, I want the ladies to hear this who have been in this situation and, or maybe you're in it right now. I was doing two hours of cardio a day at one point mm-hmm. and eating like 900 calories yeah. and hardly any carbs. And I was so hardcore that I would like stay up till midnight and go to the gym again and do even more cardio. I mean, I was obsessed with being ripped. And then I got into bikini shows and fitness modeling. So then I would share about that experience on my blog. Mm-hmm. Well, where this all turned around is that caused a lot of hormonal issues and it really messed up my metabolism. And so then I started sharing that journey. I was nervous too, because I had gained weight, which I needed to, I needed mm-hmm. to gain healthy weight, but I started sharing that with women. And I remember the very first blog post that I shared that went semi-viral in a sense, where I started getting tons of emails was when I shared about how I was in a, uh, you know, prep for a bikini show and I was, I was ripped out of my mind. So I did not need to be more ripped, but mm-hmm. you never think you're lean enough. Mm-hmm. And I ate six extra almonds that wasn't on my meal plan. And I cried in the car. And that's when I knew I was like, oh. I have, I've got to work on this. Like, mm-hmm. this is not self-love. This is not health. This is just me obsessed with food to a point where this isn't fitness. This is just obsession. So yeah, that's really where it all started is me sharing this journey, not with the intention to monetize. I didn't really even know there was such thing as being an influencer or a podcaster or a blogger. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just wanted to help women. And mm-hmm. so sharing that journey indirectly built a community. And then that started coaching and working with brands and podcasting and speaking. And now I own a physical wellness brand with Mike. And so my career has kind of evolved from wellness and then into marketing, business, inspiration, and then then wellness again. So it's kind of been this blend of both of them, but mm-hmm. in, in different seasons. And now wellness to me is, is so much more holistic and, and an actual healthy approach to taking care of your body as a woman. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's where it all started. And you know, I, I quit college and I, I knew I could not work in corporate. I knew I didn't have the personality to uh, be employed. So mm-hmm. 
I quickly figured out how do you make money on the internet? And that's when I became obsessed with digital marketing and monetizing online. It's so interesting because there's so much of your path, even though we started kind of different, it was interesting because so much of my journey, both as an individual, but also as a creator and a business owner, shares a lot of similar themes. And I really think that is probably why we've connected so much over the last couple of years, because I was really into fitness and health. I got my degree in the health field. Like that was a huge thing that I was focused on. And even though that wasn't what I started sharing on the internet originally, what's interesting about it is it was kind of at the same time that I started building a community online, body image, health, like a lot of that was a large part of my struggle, my journey, kind of similar to where you were when you're in those early years of your 20s. And I was like thinking about getting married and wanted to be as thin as I possibly could for my wedding and all those things. And, you know, then I, over time, as I learned how to, as I built a community on the internet, it was one of those things where similarly, I learned, oh, you can make like a living with this. And I wanted to because I had started an Etsy store, but I knew I wanted to do some other things. And, you know, one thing led to another. And before I knew it, I was working full time online. And that, that kind of led to a couple of years of really hustling and just growing and learn, kind of becoming obsessed with the whole opportunity that that created in many ways. And I loved it, but also burned myself out in the process. And I kind of got to this place where I had to revisit health because I thought, oh, because I eat salads and we're like run, you know, 10 miles a week or something, I'm healthy. And while there's some benefits to doing that, I didn't have the holistic picture of health at that point. And I was so focused on the next, you know, achievement, the next career milestone, the next thing I could do that it started to to wear on me personally, especially because I didn't have that super solid foundation of true holistic health. And I started to have repercussions of that. One of my first indicators was that I started getting this cystic acne early in my 20s, uh, mid middle of my 20s, honestly, like 24. And at the time I was like, oh, that's inconvenient and annoying, but whatever. But then it wasn't until I started having like pregnancy losses and other things that I started uncovering that were like huge red flags that something was go- like disrupted or dysregulated in my body. And so that kind of led to this wellness journey that I've shared. And it's kind of come back full circle, but instead of it being in this obsessive, restrictive, you know, intense fitness way, because again, I think part of that comes from having an achiever brain and just thinking about like measurables and milestones and like, you know, leveling up. But anyway, having to kind of shift into a more holistic view of health, understanding what really supports your body, your fuel, your your energy, et cetera. Like we've had so many conversations about that, but the challenge can be, how do you do that and also work well, you know, and, and not necessarily just stop and sit there and all you do is garden and eat like leaves. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's gotta be this, it's hard to figure out how to do all that when you are, especially when, I think when you are a go-getter personality, but Anyway, yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I just want to well, share well, that. I think one of the biggest issues is almost uh, the more is more mentality, mm-hmm. right? Versus yeah. more is better. It's like the female body, this is biologically and metabolically, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't like to be pushed that hard. Mm-hmm. And that's just science. That's it's just like the way it is. Yeah, our body likes to be in the parasympathetic, which mm-hmm. is where you rest and digest and heal. And when we're in that state, usually it's when we're on vacation. Yes, we're eating you know, a little bit, maybe we're eating more fruit or carbs or these things that we always come back from vacation feeling light and happy and our skin's glowing. It's because we were relaxed. Our Mm -hmm. cortisol was lower. We weren't thinking about every calorie. We were Mm -hmm. walking more. We were treating our body how it was designed. So Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that till years into this metabolic damage that, oh, wow, I'm training as if my adrenals are just, you know, have an endless reserve and they don't, they need to be treated with care. And so Mm -hmm. when you can work with your body versus against it, Mm -hmm. that's when you can actually heal your metabolism. But we talk about this in business, your body needs seasons. You Mm -hmm. can't do 
hit training every day, mm-hmm. especially with your cycle. I know cycle sync as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the week of my period, I'm not going to go do sprints outside. I'm probably going to do yoga and walk and eat more carbs. And then maybe when I'm ovulating, sure, I can do maybe a fun hit dance class or something, but mm-hmm. you have to work with your body. And that to me was one of the biggest eye openers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm working against my body. I need to work with it in mm-hmm. order to have energy and and be healthy. Yeah, just really pushing it, I think, to the nth degree. And I think a lot of the the pressure to look a certain way or feel a certain way or whatever, like, I think it should be really about feeling a certain way. But I do think when you, you know, it's true, like when you are pushing your body to the nth degree over and over and over, that's a stressor on your body. Like you said, it increases your cortisol. It's like mind blowing when you really start looking into it. But I think what can happen is whether that's happening with exercise or with work, or with both, which in many cases, I think hardworking women end up kind of having that in both areas of their life, both their fitness area, like journey, as well as their professional work and their journey in that regard. And then if they have any other demands on their life or taxing events, whether that's raising a family or taking care of an aging parent, like all of these stressors on our system take a toll more than I think we realize. And it's not that you're going to avoid all stress at all times and you're never going to have these you know, responsibilities or things that are stressful in your life. But I think when you overdo it on your fitness or you overwork yourself and you're constantly staring at screens and blue light, all of that affects your cortisol levels and and the way that your body is functioning. And it's just like, the more you look into that, the more mind blowing it is. But anyways, random tangent there, but I just wanted to kind of highlight how much I think there's a lot of parallels to the experience you had and the experience I had. And what's interesting is like, we didn't know each other growing up. We didn't know each other until like two or three years ago. And so what that tells me is there's so there that means there has to be so many other women in similar positions who are hardworking, who have goals, who, you know, hold themselves to a high standard and at times can really overwork themselves both professionally and personally when it comes to fitness or anything else in the pursuit of health, in the pursuit of success, but even at the process, like miss the mark. Cause I know I have, and I know you've yeah. been there too. So anyway, I just yeah. wanted to be sure to share kind of a little bit of the background because I think that really lays the groundwork for where I want to go here. And I would love to kind of pivot into a little bit more into your journey, but really specifically, I know that you talk a lot about wellness and you've shared quite a bit of your journey from the beginning. But one thing you've shared on that journey is how a large part of digging into health even more holistically started with or included an experience you had with breast implant illness. And as we talk about even just being obsessive about fitness, I think that's also often very appearance appearance oriented. And so I would just be curious if you can share a little bit about what happened and what led you to become so passionate about health and wellness, especially through not just, you know, the experience you've shared so far, but also with breast implant illness. Yeah, it definitely is correlated because at gosh, yeah, 19 years old, almost 20, I was competing in these bikini shows. And if any of you gals have seen these shows, I mean, it's, I wouldn't really consider it health and wellness at Mm -hmm. this point. It's really just a dieting contest, Mm -hmm. which is really, really sad. But I saw all the other girls with really big boobs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I thought to myself, if I have implants, then then I'll be happy. Then I will get a boyfriend. I'll get the guy Mm -hmm. I want in college. I mean, insert any ridiculous thing that you think at 19 years old in order Mm -hmm. to be happy. I really thought that implants would be like, the secret to life. Like once I have implants, doors will just open for me and all of the hot guys will love me. Like I just, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was 19 years old. And so that's really sad because I would love to go back and tell that 19 year old girl, like it's not worth it. And your life actually isn't really going to change. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no doors magically just opened and people didn't really treat me that much differently. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't, cause it just doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so 
yeah, I went in uh, and got 330cc Shanley implants. And it wasn't until about seven years in that I started to realize that I didn't feel optimal. I was noticing uh, like psoriasis and breakouts and joint pain the color of my iris, like my eyes was, were, was different. Hmm. It was very fascinating. These small little things that I was noticing hmm. for how healthy I was, it just didn't make sense. And it was almost as if my body was having an autoimmune response to, to wow. something in my body. And it wasn't until I was actually scrolling Facebook one day that this girl I knew who also got them around the same time, she was getting them out. And I was like, why would you ever get your implants out? Like, what do you mean? I mean, they're not killing me, so they must not be bad for me, right? And I think that's a lot of times that is the perspective in wellness. And mm-hmm. listen, if you have them and you're listening to this, it, it's your body, you know, do what, do what you want to do, obviously. But I do think there is this uh, a little bit of, you know, they may, obviously they did not kill me, but that doesn't mean it was still beneficial for me mm-hmm. to have a foreign object in my body. And so I went down the rabbit hole of researching and seeing if there was a correlation to how I was feeling and, and these implants. And I went to an explant doctor, and I said to him, is there, is there any correlation here? Like this, this, these are all of my symptoms. This is what I'm experiencing, brain fog, joint pain. I don't know what's going on for how healthy and young I am. Like what is happening? And he said, he was like off the record. He said, I, I can't tell you hundred percent. That's what it's from. But I can tell you that 98% of women who get them out feel better. Hmm. And that's all he does now is explants. He's like, wow. I, I morally won't even put them in women because I just know that within a few years, a lot of them are going to experience issues. Now, wow. everybody's immune system is different to how it responds to a foreign object. Mm-hmm. Mine lasted about seven years. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. That's really good. I mean, it, it was like really doing its job. I'm very grateful for that. I have friends and my friend's moms who within six months, like immediately rejected them and was like, nope, this is not going to sit in my body. This is not happening. And they got really bad side effects. So mm-hmm. I am grateful that it didn't get to that point, but I didn't want to wait till it got to the worst case mm-hmm. scenario. And so I was sitting there in the office and he's like, do you want to have kids one day? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you're either going to have to update these for the rest of your life, which is every five to 10 years. I don't want to go under anesthesia five to 10 more times unless I have to. So he was like, is it worth it to you? And I was like, no, I don't even really, I mean, sure. They're nice, I guess, but I didn't really even care. So I got them out and within literally six to seven days, I started to feel better. Like immediately my body started detoxing from them, which is incredible. And so it's, it's, it's really fascinating to me because now there's groups with women sharing about their experience. I mean, thousands and thousands of women now coming out, sharing this story. And, you know, we're not making a dollar off of this, obviously there's no, there's no affiliate code Mm -hmm. (laughs) for explants. And, and um, yeah, I think it's a message that's just not talked about enough. And I just Mm -hmm. want there to be a little bit more consent and awareness because when I got them in, I was never told, Hey, these are the implications that could happen. This, we, we are literally sticking a foreign object in your body. This isn't like going to get your nails done. This is a serious thing, but I didn't take it seriously. And I wish I could go back in time and do that. So yeah, I, I shared about my experience and it's obviously, you know, some of the most shareable content because there's so many women curious about this and who want to know, you know, what does it feel like after and emotionally and physically. And I had such a great experience. I really, it sounds cheesy to say, but the minute I woke up, I felt at home in my body again. And my mom was there and I started crying and I was like, wow, I can take a deep breath for the first time in 10 years because they're really heavy. I mean, they're heavy on your chest and they're literally laying right there over your lungs. And so it affected my cardiorespiratory health. It affected how I slept at night because you got these (laughs) big balls on your chest that like when you move to the side, they're like in the way. And it was just, they were always a headache to me. And so 
it was really beautiful to wake up and feel like, you know what? Yes, I have, you know, my, my natural God-given chest now and I have little boobs and, and I, I like it and I'm happy about it. And so I just think that it was a really big practice in me loving my body that I was given. And I actually feel more at home in my body and more confident than I did with them. And so I think that's my hope, you know, and my prayer is that women can find that place. But I do know it's hard because you build an identity around them. A lot of women I talk to are like, oh, I would love to take them out. But what if... X, Y, Z. And it's always something, you know, very superficial, but I get it. It's hard. It can be really hard to shift that identity of, isn't this why, you know, my husband likes them, or I think they look good in clothes. And I had to rewrite a lot of those stories around my body. And I grew up a gymnast. So I always had a very athletic build, strong legs, strong glutes. And usually gymnast bodies don't, they don't have big breasts because we don't grow up. We don't have a lot of fat there. You know, we don't have a lot of breast tissue. So I think growing up with an athletic body in the 90s, it wasn't seen as a good thing. It was like, oh, why do you look like that? Why are you fit? So I don't know. I just wish now I could go back and be like, Angie, (laughs) it's okay to have that type of body. And so, yeah, I was really hard on myself. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. And I think just your foundational point there that there's just so much identity, I think, tied up in a lot of these kind of things, whether it's how we look or what we can produce or even things like implants or whatever, like I think we do struggle and so many women struggle to really feel at home in their bodies. And when you feel at home in your body, you want to nurture your body. You want to to nourish it. You care for it. But when you feel like you're not at home or you're not yourself or you don't have the confidence or one thing or another feels off or broken or like it's betrayed you or something else, you almost feel like you want to run away from your body. And I think that's where a lot of the messaging has led so many of us. And whether uh-huh. that leads, and I think we all respond differently, even like what you said with the immune system, everyone's immune system responds differently to something like implants or a foreign object. But similarly, I think we all respond differently to the pressures that are hitting us from all angles as women, especially in our younger years. And I think both of both uh-huh. you and I are products of learning the hard way through some of that, whether that was through excessive restriction or breast implant illness or, you know, burnout or all of the above. And I think we all respond slightly differently to some of the pressures we feel like even what you said is, oh, well, all the other girls had bigger boobs. So I felt like I needed to do that. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, well, I mean, how many of us are going, well, all these other online business owners are making X amount. So I need to do that. Or, you know, and, and we just kind of arbitrarily do things and we don't even really know why we're doing them or the pros and cons of doing them. It's just like, if everyone's doing it or there's a pressure or we feel like we need to measure up or fit in or keep up, like there, that really, I think, can drive us, especially if we are more achievement-oriented women. And I think a lot of us are. And I think that can really lead to, like you said, some things that may not actually be that healthy or beneficial for us, such as in your case, that's a very specific example. But there's, I think, a lot of underlying, a lot of underlying principles there. Yeah. I mean, I, I literally, that's so beautifully said, I literally remember thinking that I would make more money if I had mm. them. Like that's really sad too, because mm-hmm. now I don't think I ever, <laughs> I don't think there's ever a time as a consumer that I'm like, should I buy this product? Mm-hmm. Mm, let me see if this woman has yeah. nice breasts. Like <laughs> what? Like what, what was the correlation there? I literally remember telling my mom that I'm like, mom, I need to do this because I'm going to be in the fitness industry. And when I post on my blog and Instagram, you know, I need to have the perfect body. And she was like, uh, I don't, I don't know. And she was like, I want to let you be you and, and do what you want to do. But I really, truly thought it would help my fitness business. Mm. But now I'm like, oh my goodness, even if I was in hardcore fitness still, I wouldn't, gosh, I mean, we've, I, I'm grateful we've grown to the point now in society where I can, 
uh, admire and acknowledge a woman and want to mm. purchase from her because of her her knowledge and mm-hmm. her support and things that are so much more important than mm-hmm. the size of her boobs. Like, I <laughs> I can't believe I thought that just 12 years ago. Yeah. Wow. I was like, this is going to be the secret to life. Like, mm. And now I, I don't even think about it or you couldn't pay me to get them again. I, mm. I just don't care. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember waking up from it thinking I'm free. Like mm. I can breathe deeper. I love hugging people now. It's so nice to hug people and mm. actually feel their chest. And I just remember thinking like, this is, ah, I got to yeah. stop this loop. And, but it does take a moment. Like the, the first minute you take it uh, off the bandages, mm-hmm. I remember that I was in my bathroom and I was like, okay, Angie, whatever you see, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever you see, it's beautiful. Whatever you see, it's awesome. And then I opened my eyes and I looked and I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're fine. Well, you know, I think, I think even you made a good point there, like this idea that like, if I just have X, whether it's breasts or something else, then I will fill in the blank. Then I will be happy. Then I will make more money Then I will succeed. And I think all of us have at different points in our life, especially, you know, when you are working under, when you're working out of a pressure to prove yourself or when you're working kind of from that place and that mindset versus a place of, I think, wholeness and, and health we all kind of, I think, are looking for a magic bullet, if that makes sense. Like, oh, if I just have this, if I just get to this level, if I just look this way, then I will be successful, make more money. And then we can kind of look back at some of those thoughts much later, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But I think we can look back at some of those things we once believed and think, that's obviously so silly. But at the time, we were completely convinced of that, right? And yeah. how much, it just makes me wonder, like, what are, what things are we believing now and that we need to be maybe a little bit more aware of, given that we've maybe learned the hard way when we look back, like, at some of the lies we've believed before. Like, if I just had bigger boobs, I'll make more money. Or if I just had this, I, I'll be more happy or whatever. I think a lot of us buy into those lies now. And I think that's actually what causes us in many ways to do things that are actually harming our health or put ourselves into overdrive, working endlessly on a hamster wheel, trying to achieve something or reach the next level or do the next thing. And again, having ambition and trying to hit goals and and improve your life or improve your work or improve your business or your house or whatever, none of that's bad. But I think when you are subconsciously or even fully consciously believing that there's like this magic bullet that if you just reach this level, if you just do this thing, if you just look this way, if you just have that, then that's when you'll be happy. And it's like, we can look back at past experiences and see that that's actually not true. And in fact, it could actually be more harmful if we're not careful. Have you ever wanted to live a little bit more of a natural and holistic lifestyle for the sake of your well-being and your family's well-being, as well as to be a little bit more self-sustaining, but just felt really confused on where to start, especially if you can't just like up and move to a farm tomorrow? Look, when I first started my holistic wellness journey, I remember I felt so overwhelmed. There's so much information all over the internet nowadays, and it's so hard to discern and to know which brands are truly clean and how do I source food locally and where do I even begin with all this stuff, especially if I have a busy life and I live maybe in an apartment or a suburban life or I just don't have like goats in my backyard to go milk, you know, like how how do I do this? And, um, it can be really overwhelming. So what I did is I wanted to take the guesswork out of it for you because I think one of the biggest things that holds so many of us back is not only the financial side of it and the worry that it's going to be more expensive, but also the time. Most of us don't have months or years to invest in researching and reading labels and figuring out how to do that and doing all this research on our own. So we just don't and we kind of get stuck. So what I wanted to do is create a quick start guide for you. And it's called the Lifestyle Overhaul Guide. It is a step-by-step quick start guide to living a more natural and sustainable life. And it is laid out in a step-by-step format. It covers everything from budgeting for these changes to really reducing stress and creating a more sustainable schedule and lifestyle in terms of your time to 
cleaning up the products in your home and reducing your toxin burden, how to really start with that and what to prioritize and how to do that in a budget-friendly way, to sourcing more food locally, shortening your supply chain, being less reliant on the grocery store and big food systems, and starting to really use the resources in your local community. I'm giving you all the best resources on how to find those things, how to source those things, and how to get started right where you are. So if that sounds like something you need, you can tap the link in the show notes on this episode, or just go to jordanleedooley.com slash lifestyle dash overhaul to check out all the details and grab yourself a copy. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients, and it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. 
Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. But I think yeah. that that's just, I think that's a good lesson. You know, I think that's actually oh, yeah. a, a lot, a large part of why so many of us can put ourselves into overdrive and overwork ourselves in one way or another, or in various different ways without even realizing it. Yeah. It's like, if I have, once I have that car, I'll be happy. Once I have that house, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Once I make this amount in my business and mm-hmm. you and I have talked about this a lot where you, you can reach that thing and then you still feel the same mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh no, I thought this was going to bring me some sort of feeling, but mm-hmm. that feeling is already in us. And I think it also comes down to authenticity. You know, it it didn't feel authentic anymore. So I think that's a big thing that I encourage women to ask themselves if they are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, my sister has them or I have them, but I I like them. And, and, you know, arguably it's like, I have to, you know, acknowledge that that's, it's her life, it's her journey. And if she loves them and it makes her Mm -hmm. feel more her than do you, but I'm coming from more of the health perspective of, I don't think long-term they are healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I think some people can handle them better? Sure. But Mm -hmm. again, you can't, we can't be blind to the fact that it's not healthy to have a foreign object sitting in a body that is over 90 degrees, just mm-hmm. plastics, like mm-hmm. literal plastic that's in a warm body. Mm-hmm. I mean, I won't even drink out of plastic yet. I had plastic bags sitting in me huh. for 10 years, which is crazy. Wow. So yeah, I think it comes down to authenticity too. And I just got to the point where it, they felt foreign to me mm-hmm. and it almost was like braces that I wanted to rip off. And I just felt like this isn't me. And so I I feel more authentic without them. I feel more like me. And, and that energy is what truly builds a brand and what truly creates connection with people, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the size of your boobs. It's, it's how confident you just, you feel in mm-hmm. your authenticity. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So good. Okay. I want to pivot a little bit just kind of into, as we've been talking a little bit about just, I think the pressure and putting ourselves into overdrive and overworking and aiming for more, just sometimes for the sake of more. I think a lot of us and a lot of women who are always going and always achieving or pursuing or never really uh, balancing that with healthy r- rhythms of rest and, and work can end up burnt out really easily and can even experience something like adrenal fatigue. And I know you and I have both experienced that. And I would love if you could share just some of the things that helped you move through that and learn to how to heal from adrenal fatigue, because I've been there and I've had to walk that journey, but I would love if you can share a little bit of your experience with that as well. Yeah. Ooh, good old adrenal fatigue. It's, <laughs> Maybe give you, like a quick will... overview of what that even is for those who don't know. Yeah. People are like, adrenal what? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's essentially when you're in you're in burnout and, and you'll usually know when you're in it. For me, how it shows up is a lot of irritability. It feels like I can't get enough sleep no matter what I do. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lack of motivation. It feels as if I'm working out all the time at me and healthy and it's just still, it doesn't feel, mm-hmm. I just don't feel good. Mm-hmm. It's like your energy reserves are completely depe- depleted in your body and your adrenals are literally just done. They're mm-hmm. shot. And so I think this can happen when we haven't honored seasons. And I think it comes back to the more is better mentality, mm-hmm. which I just, I, I really think the answer in life for a lot of things is, is in the middle and it's mm-hmm. nuanced and that's not really sexy, but I think the answer is you need both, mm-hmm. right? You need seasons of, of course you have to push and get things done. But if you don't complement that with rest and sleep and slowing down and taking a few days off here and there, it, you can't sustain that. And mm-hmm. so I do believe a lot of it comes down to one for sure, sleep is number one, right? And I know that sounds so simple, but it's the foundation of health. If you are not sleeping well, none of the other systems are working. Energy, metabolism, 
you know, reproduction, anything, your body needs sleep in order to, to heal and to rest and to literally recharge. So I'm huge on sleep. My community is called the baby grandmas because I just talk about <laughs> sleep it. all the time. I'm like, guys, hopefully you're sleeping well tonight. <laughs> I love giving sleep hacks. Cause I'm like, you know, if I can help someone sleep better, I really think I can change their life. Like, I truly believe that that sounds silly, but think about it. I don't know about you guys, but I am a different human. If I am on five hours of sleep versus nine, I am just not a nice person the next day (laughs) and I'm hungry and crabby and sad and not motivated. And that's not me. And so I do think the foundation is getting quality sleep. I think one of the biggest things is the nighttime routine. Everybody Mm -hmm. talks about the morning routine, but Mm -hmm. a great morning starts the night before, right? So that's turning off, you know, cortisol pumping shows that are super addicting, but for me, those ones just make me so nervous and scared. Mm -hmm. Then like, I can't watch scary stuff before bed. I can't be scrolling my phone too much, getting the blue light. Anything that's putting you in that sympathetic, nervous system state Mm -hmm. is is obviously not going to be conducive to to rest. Mm -hmm. So what we do now is we start to turn off our phones and electronics around 7.38. I actually have these salt lamps all over my house. And whenever I show them on stories, people are like, oh my gosh, it looks like a spa. And I'm like, I know, for like 20 <laughs> bucks on Amazon, your house can look like a spa. It's That's so fun. <laughs> these little baby salt lamps that I plug in everywhere. And so we turn off all the lights and it's just salt lamps everywhere. And it feels so nice and relaxing. And so I'm all about when 7 p.m. hits or, or the sunset hits, how can I do cortisol reducing activities? Mm-hmm. How can I go on a walk outside without my phone? Mm-hmm. How can I take my magnesium? get the room nice and cold. I have this thing called chili pad, these chili mm-hmm. pads, which cools the bed. Mm-hmm. I have a whole 15 step process, I love <laughs> but that. all in all, I do think that's one of the biggest parts of mm-hmm. healing your adrenals is taking sleep very seriously. Yeah. Even if it's adding an extra 30 minutes this next 30 days, do that and see how your life changes. I think yeah. that's huge. Another thing is, is blood sugar regulation. I realized that's kind of the, the biggest, one of the biggest things when it comes to health is, is mm-hmm. regulating our blood sugar. And really making sure that we're not getting those spikes, which then can affect our sleep and our energy and not waking up and allowing our body to just run off a cortisol and and slam a cup of coffee and then Mm -hmm. go work out and come back and expect to to feel stable energy. So Mm -hmm. I'm huge on stabilizing blood sugar. I have protein, fat, and fiber at every single meal. Mm -hmm. I add this product called Avocetol. I got it on Amazon. It's called Avocetol. We can add it to the show notes. It's really great for PCOS and balancing blood sugar. Mm -hmm. I add that to all of my drinks. I make sure that I'm walking after meals. That's been scientifically proven. I, I just interviewed the glucose goddess on this and she's mm. phenomenal when it comes to blood sugar regulation. That's that's her niche. And mm. even a five minute walk after your meals mm. or any ki- kind of movement, you can literally do jumping jacks in your living room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really great for metabolizing meals and blood sugar regulation. So making sure your meals have adequate protein and making sure that you have healthy fats in there, not being afraid of ghee and, and mm. healthy butters and avocados and nuts and seeds and these things that really our body needs to, to flourish. And I used to, you know, gosh, 12 years ago, you couldn't get me to even eat a bite of an avocado. So well, <laughs> I've, yeah. I've changed my perspective a lot when it comes to, to healthy fats. So definitely sleep for adrenals, balancing blood sugar for adrenals, movement, walks, not doing too many hit cardio classes at the gym that are called like power pump. You don't need mm-hmm. to do power pump at 5 a.m. every day. <laughs> like ladies, we don't know. No, You're no, welcome. No. Like, you don't need you to don't. do that. That used to be me. I was like 5 a.m. I'm going to go to power pump and I'm going to 60 minutes go ham every day. So then I'm ripped. And what I noticed, and this will, I I hope gives a huge sigh of relief to everyone listening. When I stopped doing those things, that's actually Mm -hmm. when I lost weight and I got in better shape. 
because my body was just holding on to water weight and puffiness. And it was so stressed out that it was like, we, we can't do this much intense exercise. We're just going to hold on to your energy reserves. Yeah. So I don't think we need to go to cycle, soul cycle five days a week. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I think that's actually one of the best ways to hold on to weight and, and to feel yeah. like crap. <laughs> so yeah. I stopped that. And then last but not least, this is the, this is the, the emotional side of adrenal fatigue. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. people think of adrenal cocktail and sleep and, and the, the physical health side. But what we don't talk about is the, the mental side. And I had a nutritionist tell me this one. She said, Angie, you're doing all the things for adrenal fatigue, but the one thing you're not doing well that's causing the most harm to your body is how much you worry and how much you're stressing out and your lack of boundaries. And I was like, what? She was like, I know it sounds a little crazy, maybe and a little woo, but your level of stress and anxiety around work and life and just the fact that you are in adrenal fatigue, like that hyper obsession is actually what's causing (laughs) even more harm to your adrenals. So that's where I really got into journaling and having boundaries with work, knowing when I stop, boundaries with my phone, deleting apps I don't need, uh, extra stimulation I don't need in my life. You know, we're all so overly stimulated. Like if you guys have alerts on on your phone, no, 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 my friend, it's time to turn those off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't need any uh, app notifications. Like I don't scroll as much now. Like I really think a lot of it's the mental aspect of taking your time back and your power back Mm -hmm. because that will deplete your adrenals even more so than than any of the the physical stuff. So Mm. I'm huge on that too. Yeah, I I would say there's a physical side and the mental side. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, the whole thing about just going back to what you're originally saying about having a nighttime routine is so huge because I think it's just culturally normal to be on your phone up until the hours you go to bed and staring at blue light. And just the research on that, it's fascinating. I was looking into it and just the effects that blue light has on your circadian rhythms. I mean, just disrupting your circadian rhythms alone affects your hormones, your cortisol production, everything. And it can make it harder to get truly restorative rest. And I think just even making a small tweak to even one hour before you go to bed, no more blue light, you know, and spending that last hour to hour and a half before bed at a minimum. This was the advice given to me when I was trying to heal adrenal fatigue. Again, the whole focus was on sleep and rest and really restorative sleep, but I was having a hard time getting to sleep. And then when I'd wake up, you know, eight hours, nine hours later, I wasn't even, I felt like I hadn't even slept at all. And one of the pieces of advice given to me was at least an hour before bed, try to avoid all blue light and like kind of what you had shared, get into this place of being, you know, unplugged and creating a routine. So for me, what I started doing was reading before bed, but also for before that I would take warm showers, just warm showers with like a cold glass of ice water. And that, and then I do my skincare routine and then I'd sit up and journal or read a little bit. And so by the time I did all of that, about an hour had passed. So I would just getting into that habit of even an hour before bed. And then what starts to happen, I think is you really start to really enjoy that. And once you break the habit of watching shows up until the hour you go to bed or scrolling social media till the minute you go to bed. Like as often as you can do that, it's going to benefit you. And the more you do it, the more I found that you almost want to shut your phone down or shut screens off earlier and earlier. And the only time that becomes a challenge is when you have a really good show that you're hooked on. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I, I think that was, it's interesting because it seems so simple. It's not like you need to go like do anything all that extreme to, to take care of your adrenals. It's just establishing some rhythms and some boundaries that yeah. really support your body's actual rhythms that it 
operates on, like a circadian rhythm and an infradian rhythm, which is your cycle every month. Just understanding how that works and the way your body functions when even just the way your body responds to light and blue light versus red light versus, you know, daylight, like all of that stuff affects your, your systems. And so just being aware of that can be helpful in establishing a little bit of boundaries to set yourself up for a better night's rest, which like you said, obviously can lead to a better morning and better next day and all of those things. So I'm thankful that you shared that and also shared the simplicity of it, because I think sometimes when we feel like, oh my gosh, something's not working or I'm really fatigued, there must be like crazy things wrong with me. And I'm going to go need to see all these doctors. It's like, or just start by sleeping more and setting some boundaries, you know? Yeah. Oh, I need to show you these baby salt lamps. I'm looking at I one right now. Them. Yeah. They're the best. You're going to be obsessed. You, you can put them in your bathroom. So when you're mm. taking a nice hot bath at night, you're like, Ooh, I'm in a spa. It's just, so, <laughs> it's just so nice. And they're so great. And it is fascinating as humans, how much our body responds to light. So mm. like you said, waking up in the morning and getting direct sunlight first thing in the morning, even if you just have to go stand on your front lawn or backyard and mm just stand there for five minutes, that actually will help your sleep that night. So mm. our, our body is really attuned to to light mm. and eating with the light too. I mean, there's all circadian mm. uh, nutrition, which is essentially when the sun goes down, that, that's your last meal because mm. that's what they used to do. I mean, they yeah. weren't able to eat in the pitch black. Now we have lights in our kitchen so we can eat at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can snack at midnight. So I do think a lot of it's going back to the basics and primal living mm. and and really going back to what, what is simple and what's sustainable. Mm. And yeah, I just feel so different when I'm not on my phone mm-hmm. before bed. I mean, when I'm out with friends or we have a nice dinner and then we just come home and just go to sleep and I wasn't on my phone at all for like eight hours, I always sleep the best. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's because I was just present with people and then I went to sleep. I didn't have to scroll yeah. or look at emails or anything that could induce cortisol. Because even if we don't realize it is, mm-hmm. it is. When we mm-hmm. scroll or read an email, you're like, oh, I got that thing to do or I have mm-hmm. to book that thing. And then your, your mind's thinking of that. And sleep is largely emotional. It's, mm. it's not just physical back to adrenal fatigue. It's largely emotional. We all know this. If you have a stressful day the next day, you don't sleep well. If you're nervous about something like you and I, before we go speak, I never sleep well the night before mm. I speak. I could take all the supplements. I could do all the blackout shades and all the melatonin, but I'm just, my mind is thinking about speaking and mm. it's like excited, but it's also a little nervous. So it, it just proves that sleep is so emotional. So I also suggest this new thing I just started doing is brain dumping before I go to bed. So yeah. I will get out a journal and write down everything that's causing me stress or worry or anxiety. And I just get it out. Mm-hmm. And I find that then I can say to myself, okay, you can think about this tomorrow, but right now it's out. It's on paper. You don't need to worry about it right now. You mm-hmm. just need to, to relax. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's helped me too. Yeah. Yep. I completely agree. I I have gotten into that same habit when I just feel like there's a lot on my mind, whether it's stuff for work or ideas I have or things I need to remember to ask my doctor or just the stuff that like if you've got an upcoming appointment or you've got an upcoming interview or an event or something that's like just kind of on your mind and you, or you just have a long to-do list, to be honest. Sometimes it just helps me like sit down and map out all the thoughts that are in my head so that I at least feel like, okay, now I can stop worrying about it because I can come back to this list tomorrow. It makes such a difference and it really does help me shut my mind down. So that's a great piece of advice. I'm really glad that you shared that. Speaking about energy, this is kind of where I want to maybe kind of wrap up our conversation, but we talked a little bit about energy and adrenal fatigue and all of that. But I think a big thing, and I know in my life, and I don't know if you've ever been like this, but I know for a couple of years there when I was just in my like hustle mentality, working nonstop, like 12 hour days, even though I could control my own schedule, 
I really had become pretty dependent on caffeine and really, but then I also really enjoyed the ritual of drinking coffee and would have multiple cups of coffee a day, multiple double shot lattes a day. Like I didn't even realize how much caffeine I was consuming. And I think this is pretty common among ambitious, like hardworking women, unless you really don't like the taste of it, but we're getting in some sort of like supplemental stimulant, whether that's caffeine or sugar or something else to kind of give us that energy that we're lacking naturally, especially when we are in a state of burnout or adrenal fatigue. And I would just be curious, one, have you ever experienced anything like that? I know you're not a big coffee drinker and I'm no longer a big coffee drinker myself, but for a while there I was. So I'm curious if you ever have been. And then in addition to that, I'd be curious what your top five or four, just a handful of caffeine-free energy hacks that you could pass on for women who are trying to support their natural energy. I think sleep is obviously a big component to that. So that may be one of them, but any caffeine-free energy hacks for women, especially for women who enjoy the ritual of having a cup of coffee or, you know, enjoy having special drinks or drinks that, you know, kind of feel warm and cozy, but they also don't want to overdo it on the caffeine or they're trying to cut back on the caffeine. I know you have elixirs you like and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. let's kind of wrap up in this whole conversation around supporting your natural energy. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, I want all of your listeners to be over at my house right now and we could have a, a slumber party and then they could wake up and see all of my weird concoctions. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's like a lab in my house. People come over, they're like, what do you drink in the it's morning? I'm like, okay, that's this is what I do because oh, I don't drink coffee. Great. But yeah, I, I went through a season where for me, it was pre-workouts. Mm. I would wake up go to my cycle pump, body mm-hmm. pump class at 5 a.m., take a pre-workout that had 200 milligrams of caffeine and then <laughs> yeah. do six more hours of cardio and then come home. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just addicted to running on cortisol and adrenaline. And that that is a real thing. Your body likes that feeling. Like mm-hmm. in spurts, it, it's almost the feeling of when you're doing intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. you all of a sudden get this sense of clarity and this brain clarity. But mm-hmm. that's not to say that's sustainable. Your body doesn't want to live on that fuel source for a long time here and there. Yeah, sure. You have a long day, you traveled, you weren't able to get a meal in. You can iterate a fast here and there in a healthy way, but relying on caffeine to yeah. get energy. My biggest thing is how can we slowly wean off of that to then find your natural energy source? And so my biggest thing is, yeah, of course, aside from sleep, again, going back to sunlight. So first thing in the morning, 10, 20 minutes, if you have the time to go on a nice long walk in the morning, absolutely do it. So right away, the first thing I do when I get up, I scrape my tongue, I go drink some water. I brush my teeth. I was not expecting you to say that. I got to scrape my tongue first. So, you know, I don't want... It just was like so casual, like just drop it. Like first thing I do, I wake up, I scrape my tongue. You just went on like as if that was like a normal thing. Most people don't say that. So just letting you know, that's not like a normal, like everyday thing for everyone. But I think that's really cool. Oh, it is. You got to get the bacteria off. It's really, yeah, really great. great. So that's one of my little biohacks. I scrape my tongue, oh my God. get all the crap off of my <sighs> tongue, you know, and then... Right away, even if I'm like, don't want to go do it, I like grab pickles and I'm like, okay, let's go. And I just right away, I'm like training my body. Explain who pickles is, please. (laughs) You're over here scraping your tongue and taking your pickles for a walk. Like, what are we doing? (laughs) They're like, hold on. Are you eating pickles first thing in the morning? Pickles is my dog. You just walking around with a jar of pickles. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm crying. You guys, grab a jar of pickles. The salt is really good for you. No. So I I grab my dog pickles and I'm like, let's go, you know, and that's that's the first thing. And I love it. That's when I listen to podcasts. That's like my me time in the morning. And I try to do that as soon as possible so I can get that morning sunlight because I know the mornings I do that. Like today I did it and I know that I'm going to sleep really well tonight because I did that morning hack so that they're Mm -hmm. correlated. I know it seems like, how is that correlated? It's correlated because of the circadian rhythm. So Mm -hmm. definitely do that first. Start training your body to do that. 
what I would do is slowly start decreasing your coffee intake and instead mm-hmm. making these fun, warm elixirs that have yeah. cacao in them. Cacao is so great because mm-hmm. it's yummy. It's delicious. You can add a little bit of stevia or monk fruit or mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of a milk in there to, to, to sweeten it up a bit. But cacao is great because it's packed with magnesium. So you're getting all of these natural mood boosting benefits of the cacao bean without getting all of this crazy caffeine. So I love cacao. It's also packed with antioxidants. So I will do a lot of cacao, a coconut milk, a dandy blend, maybe a little bit of matcha because I find that the the matcha caffeine is a little bit of a cleaner Mm -hmm. energy and not as much caffeine as coffee. So I'll make that in the morning and I'll add in maybe some nootropics, which we can get into. I add in a lot of different Mm -hmm. natural brain booster cognitive enhancers that don't have any caffeine in them like ginkgo and ginseng and cordyceps. Mm -hmm. And I add those in if if I'm feeling like I need a little brain boost. And then I'll do a cold shower for Mm -hmm. 30 to 60 seconds. So we actually, I know, I know all the ladies are like, I'm not doing that, but listen, (laughs) listen here. Okay. It's only a few seconds. It's only up to a minute. It is, it is, but after is. You, you feel this high, this natural, beautiful energy that's like, wow, I can conquer my day. You guys have probably seen this if you follow any health hackers. They're doing cold plunging. Now, we, we just got a cold plunge. I'm not quite at two, three minutes yet in the freezing ice cold, but I do think a great place to start that's free and easy is the last, you know, few seconds of your shower, or you can do, you know, the last 10 seconds, then put it back to warm mm-hmm. real quick if you need. Just stimulating it actually stimulates your lymphatic system it's great for your immune system and it naturally wakes you up and you just feel like you can conquer the day you're like woo like you just kind mm-hmm. of have a moment where you're like woo you know yeah <laughs> you just feel yeah. really good so I, I play with cold mm-hmm. therapy sometimes legs up the wall again just like a little hack you ladies can do today uh, in between meetings or if you're you're feeling like you're in a funk you literally put your butt up against the wall and put your legs at 90 degrees mm-hmm. 90 degree angle and it drains the blood and that naturally is a little energy boost and another thing too, again, I feel like all of this is matching health with with the mental part of it mm-hmm. too, is being in alignment with what you're doing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know this feeling when you are in alignment and you are doing what you're meant to do, you have more energy. You're not as exhausted. I think inauthenticity is really exhausting. So mm-hmm. with all of this, I take the approach of all of these health hacks and mm-hmm. yes, cold showers and cacao and morning sunlight, but at the end of the day, if, if you're not pursuing what you want to pursue, or at least part-time, you know, expressing your creative passion mm-hmm. in some way or living in alignment with who you are, I think it can be draining because mm-hmm. our soul, our soul doesn't want to be doing the things mm-hmm. that aren't in alignment. So yeah. I'm also huge on that when it comes to energy. Yeah. Yeah. I love all those tips. Those are so good. I'm not sure I'm huge, a big fan of the uh, cold shower, but I definitely think it's worth trying. And I you love- know what? I'm going to get Jordan on it. You guys <laughs> every day, she's gonna be like, wow, Angie, this is the best. I love this now. <laughs> uh, we'll see. But I do, I do love how just practical and implementable a lot of those are. And even just some of the the tips you gave on elixirs. Do you have, I would love if you can share, do you have a favorite couple of brands you like for elixirs? I know I like a couple different options, but do you have any that you like to, like like you mentioned the cacao and things like that? What would you recommend? Like for somebody who's like, okay, I don't have all of these different cordyceps and everything in my kitchen, but what yeah. can I start with? What would you recommend as something to order? Yeah, yeah. So I do... Uh, the Organifi Chocolate Gold. It's called Chocolate Gold. I love that. It's a very rich chocolatey taste and that has a lot of magnesium in it as well. So I will do that. And then I get something called Dandy Blend on Amazon, which mimics the taste and the texture and the smell of coffee without any caffeine. It's actually just dandelion root, which is really great for your liver. And, And a lot of people actually use that to wean off of coffee. So I do that. 
And then matcha, you know, gosh, there's so many good matchas. As long as it's an organic matcha, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for cacao, I love Organifi's cacao. Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably my favorite right now mm-hmm. that I use and I've been using for years. Like I bring it when I travel. I put it into a little Ziploc bag and that's what I take in the morning. I it's my little that. best friend. I remember when we oh, were yeah. speaking at an event, we like went to walk to get breakfast or something yeah. and you had like your little thing that you made. And I was like... <laughs> I need to get on your level because I, I have gotten pretty close, but that was something that was like, yeah. that was smart to bring. Cause that's always hard when I travel. If I don't remember to bring stuff, I like coffee shops, you know, have one just coffee for the most part, or like, you know, a lot of times I'll get juice or something, but yeah. you know, I think a lot of people also don't realize about coffee is it's one of the most heavily chemically treated yep. crops, like, and then yeah. decaf coffee, even if that's less caffeine, which I'll enjoy occasionally like a, like a organic decaf. But the thing about it is like to decaffeinate coffee, it requires a chemical process. So you just have to, I try to keep that really minimal. Like I'm not doing that every single day because you have to understand like the exposures you have when you are drinking coffee, especially like just coffee you're getting from a traditional coffee shop. So anyways, I love those hacks and those tips. Those are really helpful. I feel like we could sit here and talk about biohacking and all these like nerdy things that we talk about all the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, tell me more. I want to hear about I know. I'm sure the listeners are like, ooh, give me more weird stuff to do all day. I know. I know. But we've we've got salt lamps covered, tongue scraping, walking with your pickles. Like we've got it all covered. Legs up in the air. Uh, Listen, ladies, it's all about the salt lamps, the walks. Sleeping, walking your dog in the sun. <laughs> yep, yep, I love it. Okay, well, let's wrap this here. I, I this has been so good. I feel like we could talk a lot more. But tell us where we can find you. Where can everyone listen to your podcast if they want to learn more and hear more? I mean, I know you've got a whole episode on your breast implant journey. I know we briefly covered that, but you've got a lot of really good stuff over there. So, where can everyone follow you and listen to all the other good stuff that you share? Yeah, you guys can come over to the Angie Lee Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and then Angie Lee Show on Instagram. My wellness company is called Soul. So you can check out check us out at mysoulcbd.com. But yeah, come say hi on Instagram. DM me any questions about everything from breast implant illness to salt lamps to enemas to weird elixir ingredients. I love supporting women and feeling good. So I'm, I'm here to help. Awesome. Angie, thanks for hanging out. This was really fun. I'm, I'm glad people get to hear like a little peek into some of our conversations. I feel like I, we've been saying we need to share our Voxer messages with the world for like ever because there's just so much goodness. But I feel like we got at least a little a little I know, snippet right? of it. One day we'll publish them when we're 99 years old. Yeah, so. when we have nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, when we have nothing to lose. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it was great to hang with you. Thanks for everything you've shared. It's been so fun. So fun. Thank you so much. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs> 